Thanks to the flying spies. He's one of a kind. He's a daring dude. He's a fly over. When he sees someone in trouble, he takes the plunge. He swoops to the rescue. I'm just nervous, okay? I just don't want to ask any bad questions or anything. Well, there's no bad questions. If if uh, I, I can work around something that's awkward, if that's the case. No <laughs> All right, no issue. Uh, so how'd you get started with this flying theater stuff? Oh, well, I was going to, to college majoring in, in theater. Um, I wanted to be an actor. So I was doing the performance track and then I started working backstage. Uh, well, I did some backstage work in high school and I kind of liked it, but I knew that I wanted to be on stage. And uh, while I was in college, I was working backstage and I was a stage manager for one show and I was the uh, technical director for another show. And I kind of liked the backstage part of it. So I went to the Dean and I asked him if I could do a dual track, if I could do you know half performance, half tech. And they said, well, that doesn't exist. I said, well, then I guess I need to go somewhere else that, that has that. He goes, well, let's let's see what we can work out. So uh, they wound up making a dual track. So I was able to study both uh, both kinds of departments. And yeah, which was great. And a, a friend of mine was working for a company that actually specialized in flying. And they were in the process of looking for a young college kid to clean the shop when it was dirty and fix equipment when it came back broken. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. That sounds like fun. And uh, during the interview with the owner, uh, he found out that I was not only an actor, but a magician. And he said, well, you seem better suited to uh, to go out on the road and choreograph these sequences. Is, does that interest you? And I'm like, um, yeah, that sounds awesome. So uh, I became his, his protege and I worked with him for almost eight years. And then... Uh, I opened up my own company. I left that company and started my own. Well, but what's even funnier is what I do, you, there's no classes in, in schools to, to, to learn it. You, it's on the job training. So you actually have to work for a company that does it to learn the trade. Oh. You can, you can get the foundation, like you can learn about winches and you can learn about physics, but to put all of the arts together, the physics, the choreography, all of the technical aspects, it has to, um, you have to do that on the job. Oh yeah, that that makes a lot more sense actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it hard when you started out, like everything else? Uh, it was tricky. Um, I uh, I always say I really wish I paid attention to physics class when I was in high school. Okay. <laughs> you know, because when you're in high school and you go, I don't need to know this. I'm going to be an actor. What do I need to know physics for? Well, <laughs> now I know. Exactly. Now you now you know. <laughs> yeah. And well, the thing about flying is my department has to go through all the other departments. So I relate, I have to interact with the lighting department to make sure that the lights aren't on wires. Huh? I have to interact with the sound department to find out where they're going to put the mic packs and how they're going to wire up the actors. All right. I have to work with the wardrobe department to figure out what holes are going to have to get cut into the costumes to make sure we have access to the pickup points for the harnesses. Yeah, right. Um, the stage management department for where all the cues are going to get called. Uh-huh. Um, the, the choreography department or the choreographer, so I have to work with the, the dance captain 
because when I leave, they have to oversee the choreography and make sure that it's kept up. Right. Well, hair and wigs, if the microphone goes through the, the wig. And uh, so you can see it's, it's hitting every department. Whereas Six departments. Th there are other departments. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it makes for a fun uh, production meeting. Wow. So you have to go through all six departments. Yeah. Well, I don't have to go through them. I just have to interact with them. I, you know, because there are some departments where they don't have to actually talk to one another. Whereas I have to make sure that I go to each department and make sure that my stuff is copacetic with them and vice versa. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, I think it's time for me to get the SpongeBob, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, there's footage of the Broadway production. Of course. Right. I've seen that. It's really, oh, it's, in the, I'll be honest, sorry about this, it's actually better than the uh, one you were, you produced. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, it's different, you know, the, the, the show that I did was an actual episode that they took and put it on stage. Yeah. Whereas the, the Broadway production, I mean, you had Cindy Lauper, Aerosmith, they all wrote music for it. So obviously yeah. it's going to be a better show. Yeah. That's why everyone's saying that Spongebob Could Fly, the musical, was like a cash grab from Nickelodeon Asia and Broadway Asia. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was it like to work for that show, the, the Spongebob Could Fly? It was, it was fun and it was, it was a challenge because we had to follow all of the Nickelodeon protocols. Like, we had to make sure that all of the characters that, that were on stage actually were true to their characters in, in the uh, Nickelodeon library. Uh, all of the colors had to match, all of the costumes had to match, and we weren't really able to do things out of the ordinary that those characters wouldn't normally do. Um, so I, I went back to, to the originals, I watched a lot of the episodes, I, and I, I watched the, the Lost episode, which really wasn't that lost because they found it. Exactly, um, Patchy found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the plot is a little um, bit different in the beginning, Patchy didn't really find it in the beginning. He's just like, hey, here's the last episode or something. It, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks to Patchy, we're, we're here talking, right? Exactly. Thank you, Patchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I read the script, I met with the, the producers and the, uh, and the director and choreographer, and I, I gave them my, my ideas and my concepts, and, and they loved it. Nickelodeon said it was great. That's that's exactly what they're looking for. So we went through the whole process. And then when they started designing the costumes, we looked at the costume for SpongeBob. And obviously SpongeBob is this sponge. Yeah, um, of course. So if you have this square and then you have a person in the middle, obviously their hips are not anywhere near the sides of this this big square sponge that was able to connect to the, to the actor and to the wires and still have enough space to eat up, you know, inside the costume. Yeah, exactly, um, because the head in the middle of the sponge, like directly in the middle, would just look plain creepy. It, exactly. But when we did it in Mexico, that's what we did. We uh, we actually had the uh, the Nickelodeon department redesign the costume as they would, as they have them in the, uh, the walk-around characters in the park. Oh yeah, the, but it's animatronic. Well, I mean, not really animatronic, it's just like a little puppet-like thing. Where when you right. press this hand, the mouth goes up and down, while this hand right. brings the blower eyelids up and down. 
exactly. And then the other one has, he blinks and then the other one, uh, the mouth moves a little bit and then the, there's one other articulation. Yeah. So it was really tricky for the, the actor in the Mexican production, or I should say South American because uh, from Mexico, I think it went to Brazil. Once I hit all the cities in Mexico and then it went, when it left and I, I was done with it, they, they just did the choreography and, and the dance captain kept up with all the flying. But while the actor that was playing SpongeBob was flying, he was also articulating. So he's doing all of the flying motions and and moving his hands, articulating his face and making all of the the expressions. Oh, that so is that is really tricky. Yeah, it, it with really everything was. combined, it's going to be really hard. It it was, and we had to do it in in stages. So we had to do the flying first, and then we added the costume, and then we did the flying and the costume, and then we added the articulation just so he had a foundation to build upon instead of saying, okay, here's everything, go. <laughs> yeah, do, do this and this at the same time, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do remember I sent you a video of them trying to fly Patrick and the jellyfish scene, but they really didn't do that well, if I can remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, they, and that was, that was after it left Mexico, I think. That was somewhere else uh in south america if i remember correctly yeah if i can remember they timed patrick's flying very horribly he yes didn't, he didn't and they, even have time to say his lines he just started no. flying right there and if i remember correctly it was very jerky when he went up and then he flew right into spongebob before he flew off yeah he just bumped into spongebob and then just zoof. it looked like he yeah. was about to crash to something yeah so and and that would be the, the fault of the dance captain because he wasn't making sure that the operators were doing their choreography the way they were supposed to. That makes a lot of sense. It's although it is a little bit hard to be the dance captain when you got to do everything at the same time. Well, that's why you're the dance captain because you can multitask. Unfortunately, I don't think this one did the right multitasking. <laughs> I don't think so either. The actually the fun one was the kite. When, oh when yeah, I remember seeing I remember seeing footage, full footage of the kite one from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Patrick was on his little tricycle, and he had to pedal, and and he pulled SpongeBob up, and then Patrick turned around to see how cool it looked, and then he just crashed. And then Patrick rode off stage, and he dragged uh, SpongeBob with him, all just dragged him across the stage. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm pretty sure Patrick was trying to impress the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> hey ladies, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good Patrick imitation. I haven't been on Facebook very much lately. I mean, it's just... So that's uh, why it took a long while to see my message. Exactly, yeah. And I apologize for no, that. No, no, it's okay. You have busy life. You still got other theaters to yeah. go to, so... That's okay. Well, it's just, you know, with, with all of the political stuff going on and all the COVID stuff going on, and, and I just, I'm just, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Screw Facebook when it comes to that. <laughs> and don't forget the minion memes that all these moms post. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> that moment when you get up and you fall down the stairs. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one too many of them. <laughs> oh yeah, because there, there are too many of them. That moment when you fly in theater, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself, I had to do it. That's funny, that's funny stuff. I worked on a production called The Light Princess. The Light Princess? Tori Amos, she wrote the music to it. 
it, it was um, a turn of the century Irish folk, folk uh, lore book. And uh, it was about a princess who lost the sense of gravity. So she was constantly floating. And the only way that she can be brought down to, to the ground is either by wearing something heavy, holding something heavy or being tethered. So, uh, so obviously there was a lot of flying in that show. Tethered? Yeah. Never even heard of a princess getting tethered before. <laughs> From first, first time I'm hearing that word. Sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it worked in the show. What was the most challenging show? I did, uh, it wasn't actually a show, it was an event. Oh. And, and it was in Barcelona. And what we had to do is build a human castle outdoors. A what? And we, we a, a human castle. You know how they, they build bodies of castles. So like the, they do the foundation of bodies and then a bunch of people climb on top of their shoulders and then their shoulders and it gets smaller and smaller until they, they have a whole castle. You're joking. You're joking. Oh, uh, no. There is no joke. We actually flew 18 people. So there was a, a base of five, then four, three, three, two, and one, five. And then um, we lifted them up, but the one wasn't on top of the castle. We lifted them up in the middle of the in intersection. And then from one rooftop, we flew a person off the rooftop, over the intersection, to the base of the castle. She climbed to the top of the castle. As soon as she got up to the top, fireworks went off. She did backflips and then went to the uh, to the opposite side of the intersection. But I think uh, the another show that was was more challenging was I did a production called La Pearl in Dubai. It, it was like a Cirque du Soleil type show. Oh. And and it was a water show, so it was like um, like La Rev or any of those shows that you would see in Las Vegas. Right. But it was the first permanent production in Dubai. Oh. So I had to spend six months in Dubai. And within that, I I actually flew 18 people at once throughout the theater. And then uh, we did a high dive where some guy flew down, picked somebody up out of the water, lifted him up at 40, was it 45 or 48 feet, let him go, and he dove back into the pool. Oh my God. <laughs> and the pool was only 15 feet deep. 50? Yeah, well, it's crazy. Well, I'm gonna have to do lots and lots of research after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It wound up. It wound. It was. It was one of those enjoyable challenges. Oh, well, that's yeah. why I put the V in front of the fly guy. So it's not just a fly guy. It's the fly guy. When I first saw the name, I thought you were an actual fly just buzzing around trying to mess with our TV screens. <laughs> <laughs> I was way young back then. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good book series, though. Well, believe it or not, yeah, I I haven't seen it, but The Fly Guy is actually a stage show. Oh, really? Yeah, haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it, but I do know that they actually do it on stage. Why haven't they put you in there yet? <laughs> I guess I don't have those big beady eyes, you know. <laughs> that's what glasses are for. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Well, I mean, not the usual glasses, just like usual big minion glasses. Oh no, we're going back to those again, are we? Oh yeah, yeah, no. yeah. That moment when that moment when they credit you, but they really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we would get back to that. <laughs> oh no, they're getting back. So, what's life like in New York? Uh, we're slowly, obviously, getting back because of COVID. Um, 
Broadway is is opening and shutting, opening and shutting. A um, bunch of my friends are, you know, in in shows, and then they would have to take a week or two off because they've contracted COVID. But uh, hopefully, things are are shaping up. You know, uh, they're saying that we're on the downslope of this of this uh, Omicron var variant, and fingers crossed, we open up shows and not have to close them again. What's it like to choreograph? Like, how do you do it? Well, that's a good question. Um, Usually what I do, I, I read the script and then I listen to the music and, and I try and visualize what would be natural, you know, like, like just listening to the music and knowing what the, the, the mood is, especially, and, and what story I need to tell. Telling the story is the most important thing because I, I don't like to just arbitrarily throw a flight in, into a show without it meaning something because, because it doesn't make sense. So I have, I have to, I, I, I have to make it continue the story. It has to propel the storyline or it doesn't get in the show. Um, but then after I listen to the music, I, I try and figure out naturally, what would that character do? And then after I figure that out, I, I design what equipment I'm going to use, whether it's going to be a single wire or a double wire, whether the actor is going to face the audience, or are they going to be able to turn and rotate? Uh, will they do somersaults? What what other what other movements will be incorporated within that within that flight? I remember it was either the second or third city because we we teched the show in Singapore, and then we opened in Malaysia. The theater that they went to, the structure wasn't strong enough to hold all of the flying equipment and all the set pieces. Oh no! So That's it was good. the sponge who can walk. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't fly. That so show. all I could do was walk. Yep. I could so just, they, they actually. I could just imagine. They cut that. out the flying number, and they they had him walk across the stage. Yeah. SpongeBob's a sponge good walk live on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to your city. I can just I'm imagine. Into a near you. I can just imagine it now. <laughs> hey Gary, I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> and now SpongeBob fans can get a whole laugh. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Wait, what? I didn't know that." <laughs> when I first started the interview, I was really nervous because, like, of course I'm nervous. I'm doing an interview with someone really popular and stuff. Ah, uh, we're we put the pants on the same way, one leg at a time, right? And then we fly the same way. <laughs> when you fly the same way, ha ha. <laughs> this whole nope, interview is nope. just going to be minion jokes. <laughs> Mom's My daughter brood. loves the minions. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next time.